March Madness, some really bright celebrities, and happy trails, Odell. That and a lot more on a brand new air attack starting right now. I hope you guys enjoyed your St. Patrick's Day, which is sort of a lighter version of Halloween, if you think about it, right? The girls dress like they hate their fathers. The guys dr- the guys act like no one's going to remember the next day, and the bartenders pretty much hate all of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So happy St. Patrick's Day, which usually means you're, you're kind of knee-deep into the tournament, but not this year. This year, they backed it up a little bit, so it's a week later, and it just happens there's no overlap with Major League Baseball. I don't know if that was the intention. I think it's just pretty much to squeeze more money out of you with merchandise, as all the sports sort of just move in an amoeba-like pattern away from the center of the calendar, you know, and try to wrap around. It's crazy. But these sports just go forever and ever. They got the kids playing a couple weeks before before Thanksgiving, and now they're going to end up um, about a week and a half, two weeks before Easter. That's that's how it's going to go this year. So we'll get to all that stuff at the end. We're not going to go game by game or anything tedious like that, but I am going to give you sleepers and picks for, picks for the Final Four and, and all that kind of stuff and kind of break down the, the, the regions the best I can. Um, A-Rod and J-Lo are engaged. Congratulations, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I mean, here's my thing. When two people have proven to be that bad at being married, are congratulations really in order? I mean, A-Rod as a Yankee was openly walking around Toronto with a stripper that he was known to, to spend a lot of time with, put it that way. J-Lo, this will be marriage number four. So what am I congratulating them on exactly? Because they're marrying someone else that's really, really terrible at being a spouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm not sure. I guess, I guess congratulations. Maybe this is the one. So she's also a little older than him, right? I mean, she's going to be 50 this year. Their birthdays are a couple days apart. I mean, he's my age, but she's going to be 50. I'll give you an idea. Derek Jeter's wife is 28, and they're about the same age. But, hey, to each his own. Not, not exactly Kate Beckinsdale and Pete Davidson, but she is a little, little bit older than them, so good luck with all that. Something tells me they might need it, but then again, people change. It's okay. Um, as far as the Odell Beckham thing, I was not shocked by this at all. This basically... Was, a, was made to be a much bigger deal than it is in New York. And it's a big deal. He's a big-time player. And, and to be fair about it, the Giants did give him this big contract just about a year ago. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to sign him to a contract. And their general manager did say, Dave Gettleman, we didn't sign him to trade him. Well, trade him, they did. And if you ask me, who knows exactly what went on? Who knows if they were shopping him around? Who knows if the Browns went to them because they really wanted him? Who knows how badly he wanted out? But here's the thing. To me, it was the interview with Lil Wayne and Josina Anderson. Josina Anderson, I, I always get it wrong. Whichever one I say, I'll be wrong. I'll just say them both. I mean, I know she's got a job to do, and her job basically is to, is to basically almost be an NFL gossip reporter. Hey, it's ESPN. Anything goes now, so whatever, if, that, if that's what she wants to report on. And chem- chemistry matters and things of that nature, but let's face it, it's, it's getting old with my, my sources inside the locker room and, and leaks and everything else, but that's always kind of gone on, and that's become her thing. What is she doing, though, when she sits down in an interview with Odell Beckham and Lil Wayne's sitting there? What, what the hell was he doing there? How is that appropriate for ESPN? And, and, and you blame her all you want, but what is Odell doing there? How did that even play out? We, we're going to do an interview, but we're also going to bring this rapper. What the hell was that? And how was that a good idea? How was that productive to anybody? Except Justina Anderson. Maybe, maybe it was productive for her. You know, she got, she got something out of it. Who was that doing any good? 
I, I just want to know. Was it doing the Giants good? Was it doing Odell good? It wasn't doing anybody good. And that right there, I think, was probably when the Giants said, you know what? This might not work. And for all of you out there who say, oh, wait a second, but Eli is so old. Eli is so old. So they get rid of Odell, but not Eli? Well, wait a second. You're telling me you wanted them to get rid of Eli and what, keep Odell? And do what, turn him loose on a rookie quarterback? Is that what you're suggesting? You know the problem for him? You know, you know, you know the, the other problem for, for, for Odell, besides his own antics? I got two words for you, Saquon Barkley. Because when they drafted Saquon Barkley, who can do it all, they drafted a guy who just goes out there, plays football, looks good doing it, is still very marketable. He's in Visa commercials with, with Eli Manning. Okay? He's, I think he's also a Nike guy. Explosive on the field. Probably a better player than Odell. But you just don't deal with all the baggage. You don't deal with all the bullshit, all the antics. You're not sitting there wondering what fucked up thing he's going to do next. And that's the value. That's worth something, especially on a roster with 53 different guys. Everybody knows someone like that. Everybody has a relative, you know, someone in their family, someone at the office, a coworker, where it's always something. They will never be ignored. They will always need attention. They will always do something disruptive. And then it's, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm misunderstood. I'm misunderstood. I'm, no, no, I, I got a good heart. If you, if you just get to know me, they force you to deal with them. It's a problem. You may not think it's a problem. That's fine. You're not running a football team. Just because he's, he's done well for you in fantasy the last three or four years doesn't mean that he's a building block to a championship team. There's a reason that Terrell Owens bounced around the NFL. There's a reason Randy Moss bounced around the NFL. I like Terrell Owens. I like Randy Moss. I happen to like Odell Beckham Jr., but I was tired of his nonsense as a New York Giant. I just happen to be a Giants fan. But aside from that, I can understand why any team would be tired of it. Now you want to you pass him off to Cleveland? Go ahead. With a second-year quarterback and a bunch of other guys on offense who are going to get the football. Not that, that offense with Freddie Kitchens, who is a, is a big-time offensive mind, that offense is not going to revolve around Odell Beckham Jr. No. The Giants' offense may revolve around Saquon Barkley. Okay. The Rams' offense may start, start with Todd Gurley. Okay. In a lot of ways, the Saints' offense starts with Alvin Kamara. And you know what I just did? I just named you three running backs. Not wide receivers, running backs. Because that can happen. Running backs can get paid. Running backs can be that good. Le'Veon Bell just kind of proved that, although he, he cost himself some money by sitting out for a year. But this nonsense, well, running backs are only good for two or three years. So what? Teams, teams turn over all the time. A wide receiver, you need a core of wide receivers. You need a core of receivers, period. Including slot guys, including, including tight ends. Hey, come on. I mean, he's good, yes. But you know what? The one-headed catch in Dallas... Madden fantasy football. That's what you guys, a lot of you, are, are, think, are thinking about when you think about Odell Beckham. And in a lot of ways, his talent was wasted over the last year or two because the offensive line was so terrible in New York. But spare me the pity party for the guy. Oh, my God, he's going to Cleveland. I can't believe they did this. Hey, they got Jabril Peppers back, by the way. Okay, he's a guy who can still develop into a really good player and returner. Got a couple draft picks. See what they do. My God, I tell you, then you think the New York sports fans would be a little more sophisticated? Oh, forget it. And I wish him well in Cleveland. Honestly, unless they're playing the Giants in a Super Bowl or in the, or in the regular season, I wish the guy well. Go, up there, go out there and score 25 touchdowns next year. You won't do it, but go ahead. And, and to be fair about it, I was against them giving him a big contract to begin with because he was just coming off the big injury and because of what a pain in the ass he had been. 
The stuff with Josh Norman. See, people talk about the Josh Norman fight, but it's not just the fact that they got into a fight on the field and that there were penalties involved. He got suspended for the next game, a game they needed him for, and they got their doors blown off by, by the Vikings. They needed that game to make the playoffs. They lost. Never, never even close. You know, Philadelphia, you know, he scores a touchdown that he goes around acting like a dog. I mean, listen, I, I didn't I wasn't, you know, appalled by that. But why do you have to do that? Even today, there's an Instagram post about how he's not going to be on social media for a few days. Who the fuck cares? Why is everyone supposed to be obsessed with you? Hey, you guys want to come back at me? Oh, well, he's got a right to express himself. Yeah, he does have a right to express himself. I totally get that. He can promote himself. He can market himself. He's not the only one. But it's always something with him. You're going to tell me social media has been good to him? The picture of him and his teammates on that boat in Florida for God knows what reason? A week before a playoff game where he played like an absolute lemon. It was terrible. All those one-handed catches and everything else. Not that day. On passes that are hitting him in the hands. His only playoff game ever. Or the fiasco on Instagram over the summer with whoever that, that chick is because it's... How can I keep up? I don't. The Instagram models—they're not for me. So I, I just don't. I can't keep up with all of you. The internet has has one thing about the internet. You now have a whole crop of women now who all consider themselves models. They're in good shape. They dress, you know, in a certain way, let's say, and they post pictures of themselves. Boom, model. Okay, fine. But he's in there in bed, it, whatever that's about. Just but they're just friends. But they're in bed together, eating pizza, possibly smoking a blunt, possibly doing lines. Social media and him don't mix, and it is always something. I remember Saquon Barkley scoring a touchdown. I think it was his first NFL touchdown in the regular season. And Odell has to run over and try to get him to do some kind of corny dance. He didn't want to do a dance. Okay? It was his touchdown celebration. He didn't want to go dancing with Odell. Okay? He wanted to celebrate with his teammates and jog off the field, and he did. It's always something with this guy. And you know what? Sometimes the situations get old. Situations get to a point where you see it with other guys now. Antonio Brown just gets to a point where, hey, listen, I think we've gotten to a point where we need to move on, and that's fine. Now, it's not like the Giants got nothing. I mean, at least see what the Giants do with the draft. They did get, dra they did get one draft, a couple draft picks back for the guy, right? See what they do with them. People are just going crazy. I know you're emotional. I know you're a fan. That, that's fine. But, I mean, stop it. Stop with this is the worst. I have people saying oh, the Giants are now the worst run organization in sports. Okay, good. In a, town that, in a town that also has the Knicks, right? The Giants are the worst one in sports. Got it. Hey, listen, you guys have three fantasy teams last year. One of them finished in the top three of your league. Yeah, obviously, you know what's going on. You see what just happened. I mean, you see what just happened with Antonio Brown. Well, the Steelers basically got nothing for him just to get him out of there. Why do you think these guys, when there's a problem like this, the teams don't go crazy for them? The teams are like, listen, just, just go. Because there's 52 other guys. And wide receiver is not worth all this nonsense. It just isn't. Whether you like it or not, just because you have his jersey, just because he's got a, a, a big Twitter following or Instagram following, it, it doesn't matter. Just not worth it. And the Antonio Brown thing, by the way, is a little bit strange. I mean, him ending up in Oakland, which is itself, you want to talk about a, a franchise with issues, that's a strange mix. Him, John Gruden, and then Derek Carr. I tell you one thing, Antonio Brown had issues with Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, you can make a case that Ben Roethlisberger has a series of flaws going back, you know, over a decade. And I've, I've been outspoken about some of that stuff. He's, you know, he's done some shit, allegedly, that maybe he never should have gotten away with. And then as a teammate, you know, he does go on the radio. He does have an arrogance about him. But he's not the only guy in sports that makes personnel decisions. 
Not the only guy in sports that gets his way. What do you think? Tom Brady doesn't get his way in New England? You'd be a fool. LeBron James usually gets his way, although he tried trading his entire team to New Orleans this year. That didn't work, but not because the Lakers didn't want to. That's because that's because the Pelicans said no. That's all that was about. Okay, so guys make make personnel decisions all the time. You want to say Ben Roethlisberger's a bad guy? All right, go ahead. Fine. Have it. Take that one. Good luck making Derek Carr out to be a bad guy. That's all I got to say. And a lot of people have kind of written Derek Carr off. That could be a big-time combination. But again, let's just see how it plays out. Going to a new situation. Oakland's a strange place. And, of course, Oakland's going to turn into Las Vegas. Very interesting situation for Antonio Brown. I'm glad he cleaned up his hair a little bit and got rid of that blonde mustache, whatever the hell that was. The other situation, and just to give you some perspective, guys, on how Odell might be a pain in the ass and Antonio might be you know, a little, little volatile. The thing with Tyreek Hill, and I don't want to judge, I always, you know, whether it's Reuben Foster, any of these guys, I always try to give the guys the benefit of the doubt because you never know how it's going to play out. Tyreek Hill's kid gets a broken arm, and now he's being investigated. Not arrested, not charged, investigated in the situation. If it turns out, capital I, capital F, if it turns out that he broke his son's arm, he's probably going to be out of the league. Now, I myself have had about enough of the politics and sports, whether it's blithering away about what, how great Kaepernick is, who, by the way, by the way, isn't it free agency season right now? Why is nobody clamoring over Colin Kaepernick? Not to go off on a tangent. Why is nobody going crazy for him to get signed with an NFL team? Could it have something to do with the huge payday he just got from the NFL in his lawsuit? Where's Sean King in all this? Where's Jason Whitlock? Where are all these guys? All these guys. Where's John Feinstein? I thought, I thought you wanted Colin Kaepernick to have a job. I thought he was good enough to play in the NFL. Well, A, why hasn't someone signed him? But more importantly, B, where are you, where are you throwing a fit that no one has? It's almost like he didn't want to play football and you were just doing his bidding for him. <laughs> Strange. But back to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> back to Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill is guilty of this, he'll probably be out of football. And, and as much as I'm tired of the politics... As much as I'm tired of listening to, you know, every, every time one of these things happens, one of these incidents happens, people want to be, want to take it to a much larger scale, how it's a reflection upon the league's attitude towards women, it's an attitude to, about racism, you know, it's a bunch of old, rich, white owners, I'm tired of, blah, 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 I'm tired of that. However, anybody at this point who thinks he deserves to stay in the league, I'd have to take issue with. Like anybody, you, you can't put, put it this way. You can't really have a problem with anybody saying get him out of the league, because if you don't know the story with him, before the Chiefs drafted him, he choked his pregnant girlfriend and was charged with that. Now he went through counseling, went through a program, kept his kept himself out of trouble otherwise, and had the conviction wiped away. Had the whole thing expunged. The Chiefs made him go go above and beyond what the courts told him he had to do. And they, there were Chiefs fans that had a problem with that. And I don't, I don't have a problem with them having a problem. I don't. I'm just tired of hearing about politics and sports all the time, whether it's National Anthem or Me Too. It's, it's, sometimes I just want to watch sports. The irony of this situation is that this kid, this three, his three-year-old son, is the child that the woman was pregnant with. He's now married to the mother. That's now his wife. So a kind of a crazy set of circumstances... You know, the kid ends up with a broken arm again. Now, I don't know if he did it or didn't do it, but he, he is under investigation. Um, which, I tell you what, when you look at it that way, it makes Odell Beckham look like a pleasure to deal with. But, you know, from a football standpoint, now that's Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill 
in a span of what, like five, six months that are gone from the Chiefs. That's a big deal. It's a big deal from a football standpoint, but let's just see how it plays out. Let's just see how it plays out. Let's see. Let the league do their thing. Let the cops do their thing. Hopefully it's a misunderstanding. I, I really hope it is. For his sake, for the kid's sake, everything. I don't want to see the guy thrown out of football. I don't. Because that'll impact the child also. But man, what a strange situation that is. Really. Okay. We're going to talk about strange situations. It doesn't get much stranger than the aforementioned New York Knicks, who have now banned another fan for life from Madison Square Garden. If you don't know, the owner of the Knicks is named James Dolan, um, aspiring rock star, uh, basically a guy who was born rich. Um, but, you know, to be fair about it, he inherited a business from his father. Um, that's the Cablevision Empire and has now run that business quite well. It makes himself a ton of money, but is more into, and he'll admit to, uh, the, the experience at Madison Square Garden than he is about the teams actually being good. Doesn't really know what he's talking about when it comes to sports. Tries to. A lot of Knicks fans want him to. Sell the team! That's right. They want him to sell the team. So this happened um, a couple Sundays ago at Madison Square Garden. Four or five chicks walk out in front of James Dolan. James Dolan's wearing a blazer and a black T-shirt. And here's his response. Anything I can sell the team? You want to not come to any more games? Come on. <laughs> you want to... Not come, not you want to be banned. Not you want to get dragged out of here. You want to not come to any more games. It's a good comeback, James. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> That's rude. James is not exactly a deep thinker. If you can't figure it out. It's an opinion. Uh, no, it's not an opinion. And you know what? Enjoy watching him on TV. Okay, if you haven't seen the video, this is from TMZ Sports. He now freezes and then gives simply the eye contact, like the mob boss eye contact, to one of his security guys, who, if you look at these guys, these guys are in their 40s or 50s, clearly XMYPD. I don't even have to look them up. You know they are, okay? That's, that's, which is a very common thing. Cops retire a lot of times in their mid-40s. They got their full benefits. They go get other jobs. I'm sure this job pays very well, but here's what ensues. Bring up, yeah, him, hold him for Kevin. Hold him for, hold Kevin. for Kevin. Hold him for Kevin. Hold him for Kevin. Hold him for Kevin. Wait a second. You want the guy out of there. Who's Kevin? Who the fuck is Kevin? Can someone help me with that? And why are you holding him? I thought you wanted him out of the place. I thought you wanted him gone. If you want him gone, why are you holding him? And apparently what they do is they take you into a room, and the NYPD gets involved. They take you into a room, and they photograph you, and that's it. You're banned for life. And they use facial recognition. So as soon as you, like, there's facial recognition cameras all around the gates of MSG. So just for saying sell the team. Now, he went on radio on, a, on, on, you know, on the Michael K show and tried to explain his side of it. The owner, James Dolan, not the fan, and said he was going to have the guy back for a VIP experience at the Garden and show him what's really going on and how the team's really doing well, which I don't know how you say that when your team's in the gutter. Um, which, which don't, like, let's not, let, let's be fair about it. They're tanking because they want to get Zion Williamson or somebody of that ilk. I get it, but give me a break. You weren't going to bring the guy back for a VIP tour. He called the whole thing a setup because the guy switched sections, which is true. He guy, the guy did move several sections over. The guy was being a jerk. The guy was doing it for attention. But do you really got to ban someone for life just for saying something like that? I don't. I mean, all you got to do is take three or four more steps, and you never see the guy again in your life. What's the difference? Seriously, it's like Kim Jong Dolan over there. That's crazy. Now, around the same time, there was an incident in Utah involving a fan and Russell Westbrook. The fan was not caught on video. Russell Westbrook was. Whoa, you and your wife. Not a good look in the Me Too age. Again, <laughs> not, not loving the mix of sports and politics and some of the oversensitivity we see. That really wasn't anybody being oversensitive. That was just Russell Westbrook quoting to, threatening to, quote, fuck up you and your wife. So 
he ends up getting fined $25,000. I don't know what the fan did. The fan got banned for life by the Jazz. The, the Jazz banned that guy, and it only took about a day or two. It, it didn't really take very long at all. Apparently, the fan has a history there. Now, I know something's been, something made about his tweets. He used the MAGA hashtag a couple times because that's real bright. If you're going to say stupid shit on Twitter, don't hashtag you know whatever political candidate you're a fan of. But he said something along the lines of "Go back to where you came from," which I will say is borderline racist. That you know that very well could be could be construed that way. He said something in the stands along the lines of "Get on your knees." That's what witnesses said. Get on your knees like you're used to. That's not to me a racial thing at all. That might be an anti-gay thing, but that's not a racial thing. Whatever it was, the Jazz acted decisively, and apparently they've had a problem with this before. And let's face it, the Utah Jazz game is about about as white of a place as you can find. You look in that stand, I mean, maybe a couple player relatives, but you don't see a lot of black guys there. I've, o- I've always noticed that. Utah Jazz games and BYU football games. Not a lot of black guys hanging out there. I guess that just, that's just Utah. That's just the demographics of the place. But apparently it goes beyond that, where it does have a, it does have a reputation for racist fans. CC Sabathia said a couple years ago that at Fenway Park, it's a very common thing. And they just let it go. Hey, I'm not trying to be anti-Red Sox, but if it happens, it happens. Um, the Jazz acted very decisively and almost almost got political, almost got to where it, was, it seemed like overkill. The only reason this could have been bad for Russell Westbrook was because the fan was never on video, but Russell was. And as much as I would have said, if the fan was really getting that bad, you kind of let something slide because he does threaten, does threaten the guy and his wife. Maybe the wife did something too. But the, the league could never do nothing. The league could never not find him. So instead of giving him three games, instead of giving him a $100,000 fine, they give him twenty five grand. they move on. That way, no one can say they didn't do anything. They, you know, they can't be part of one of these, you know, uh, Twitter attacks. You know, these organized boycotts or anything like that. So, not that I, not that that would have happened anyway. But the NBA, I think, played it right. So, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. If the guy really was out of line, good for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> good, for, good for him saying, "Listen, I don't care if I'm playing basketball or not. I'm gonna fuck you up. I like it." Um, the college, the college cheating scandal. Um, <laughs> All right, first of all, I went to a high school that was very competitive where I thought the entire college admissions process was complete horseshit. And what do I mean? I mean, I played two sports. I was in advanced classes. I was in the top fifth of my class, very good SAT scores. And I'm watching these kids make fools of themselves, trying to get involved in all these extracurricular activities, but they really weren't involved in them. Like they would join, you know, Spanish club or the key club. I don't know what the key club is, but I just know it was a thing. And, you know, whatever it was, there were a couple of ethnic groups, you know, whatever, like society, Italian society and whatever. And students would join these things, but then they wouldn't show up and their buddy would sign in like seven or eight names. And they would take turns showing up to like one of these meetings, but never really doing anything with this. But it, it would go on their college application. You know, our valedictorian actually took violin lessons so he could get into Harvard. He wanted to be a farmer, but his parents really weren't OK with that. He was uh, he was Asian. So I don't see a lot of Asian farmers out there, but I'm sure they exist. Anyway, um, I always thought the entire thing was ridiculous. The idea that Felicity Huffman, that's William H. Macy's wife, and she's an, she was one of the Desperate Housewives, her or Lori Lachlan from Full House, who was also married to the guy from Mossimo, like all that Ita- fine Italian fashion that you find at Target now. <laughs> I didn't realize they were married, but they are. Both of them try to get daughters into USC, but I guess paying a guy who would just kind of act like as a middleman, like a consultant between the student and the university, but there would be so much money changing hands. How could you possibly think this was all on the up and up, especially Lori Lachlan, who had not one but two daughters, one of whom's an Instagram model. And she decided that they were going to make these daughters out to be 
members of the crew team or recruits for the crew team at USC? What year do you think this is? How on earth could your child be an athlete without being an athlete and use that to get into college? In 2019, what are you going to do? Say, listen, she went to a small school. You were on full house. Everyone knows you live in fucking Los Angeles. And there's no record of her rowing anywhere at any of those schools ever once. And by the way, isn't crew sort of like a rigorous sport where your hands kind of get worn down? This girl's on Instagram with these, with these manicured nails that probably go for like a buck fifty, two hundred bucks every time she goes to the salon. And you thought you were going to pass her off as someone who's on the crew team? <laughs> Have you ever seen a girl that rows crew? I mean, you ever see the size of her shoulders, her back? Are you out of your fucking minds? How dumb do you have to be? I get the vanity part. That part I understand. You're very vain. Got it. Sold. How stupid do you have to be to pay nearly half a million dollars for some schmuck to try to convince USC that your daughter rose crew? Boy, I tell you what. How'd you guys ever get caught? This is crazy. Oh, my God. And by the way, how dumb are your kids? Is it really that tough to get into a school? And why do they have to go to school anyway? For 500000 why don't you just spend 100000 and start a business with them? And make them the, you know, wink, wink, CEO, the air quotes, CEO of some sort of company. I mean, Lori Lachlan's uh, daughter is on, is on the Internet talking about how, yeah, she's going to go to school, but she doesn't know how much she's actually going to get done because she has to go to Fiji for work and New Zealand for work, which just means she's going to fly there and take a lot of clothes off and take pictures. That's what that means. We all know that. But she, if she doesn't really want to go to school, why take a spot from another kid? But why are you spending that much money on this? That girl could be a lot of things. She doesn't row crew. What are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on the crew team. I'm never going to be at school, but I'm also going to be on... I'm also going to row crew. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, I, this, is, this just goes to show you how dirty college sports and admissions are. They even got the guy, the coach at Penn. The coach at Penn, and there's a bunch of assistants. Chuck Person, who I think wasn't assistant at Auburn. I think I think he's implicated in this from his Auburn days, but he is. Is he now an assistant? Maybe he's an assistant at Auburn now. He went to Auburn. He's either an assistant at Auburn now or he's an assistant at Penn. I think he's an assistant at Penn now. But it goes back. I mean, it touches schools all over the place, and it's really really crazy. So, you know, it it just kind of ties into March Madness. You see, Will Wade is not going to coach his team. Um, yeah, this is what's going on just for celebrities to get their kids into school. What do you think is going on with these basketball recruits? My God, and Will Wade, how dumb do you have to be? Will Wade's the head coach at LSU who was suspended indefinitely, which, which basically is going to mean fired pretty soon because he's on the phone with one of these guys involved in the Adidas scandal talking about a deal he offered to one of his players, one of his current players, and the player's family from his own phone. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and just to give you an idea, he's only a second-year coach at LSU. He came from VCU. He was at one time an assistant to, to Shaka Smart. And I think eventually he got the head coaching job there, and then, you know, uh, LSU snagged him from there. But, man, sports, it's all dirty. It's just, it's just ridiculous. That's before, that's before they get into school and start cheating on every test they possibly can. It's nuts. But let's, let's face it. If you just go from the – just go to your presidents. Like, Trump has kids that went to – I think they all went to Penn like him. And he went to Penn, and, he, you know, he was obviously rich. Do you really think Obama's daughter should be at Harvard right now? Like, was Chelsea Clinton really Stanford material? Was one of the Bush twins really Yale material? 
was George W. Bush Yale material. You know, you could go on and on and on. So it's not the first time parents have bought their way into a school. But this is about as dumb as, I mean, really, just in terms of like a, some sort of, some sort of scheme, about as bad as I've ever heard of. Usually you just give them some money or name a building after you, or something, you know, something crazy like that. This was just like a cry for help. This was awful. I mean, really, really awful. My God. You know, you've, I, I just have a problem with people who have already won in life doing something to screw it up for themselves. You know, try, for, for something that's really not going to do them any good. What good is, honestly, if you hear Lori Lachlan's daughter talk, what good is college really going to do that kid? It's not. There's no way she's going to, I mean, there's no possible way, even if it only took her four years, which it wouldn't, there's no possible way she's staying for four years to finish a degree. There's just no possible way. You take that much vanity and that much ADD, it's, it's just not happening, people. My God. Anyway, let's get to the tournament now. Um... We will start off in the East. Number one seeds are obviously Duke, Virginia, um, UNC, and Gonzaga. I was wrong. I did not think they would give three number ones to the ACC, but here we are. Um, in the East, Duke's path to the Sweet 16 is basically I mean, its basically nothing. There's just no, there's just no resistance there. You got Mississippi State uh, is probably is going to be paired up against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has beaten Duke, but that was without Zion. Uh, Duke will get by VCU or UCF, so I think you know Duke's going to get to this to the yeah through to the Sweet 16 without a problem. On the bottom of that bracket is Michigan State as the number two. There's a lot of talk about do they deserve to be there, guys? You got to beat you got to win five games anyway, or six, excuse me. You got to win six games anyway. What is the difference? You're probably going to have to face Duke at some point anyway. You might as well get them in the regional final. Who cares? Uh, they would appear to be matched up with Louisville. So this is what the NCAA does: Louisville against Minnesota. As in Rick Pitino's kids team against Rick Pitino's old team, the one he's suing for a shitload of money. So Mississippi, Michigan State should be able to get past either one of those teams. LSU appears to be the most vulnerable team. That is the consensus because of what's going on with their coach. Yale's actually a good program. They got some talent. They have a legitimate NBA prospect on the roster. LSU would appear to be vulnerable. But that's also going to give you our sleeper, the sixth seed, Maryland. That's going to be the sleeper team out of this out of this region. Um Maryland is one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team in the tournament. Got a good, a legitimate uh, prospect in their big man, Bruno Fernando. They can do some things, a little bit up and down, but they can get past LSU. Might not even be LSU, they have to get past. And they could actually get past Michigan State. So I'll, that'll be my sleeper team. It'll be Maryland out of the East, but I'll say Duke gets out of the region. I'll say that's, that Duke is my pick for the Final Four there. In the West, Gonzaga's your number one seed. Um, they will get by Syracuse and or Baylor, I would think with no problem. Although Syracuse, you know, Syracuse could slow them down a little bit, kind of the way St. Mary's did, which was a very disappointing game. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga has destroyed St. Mary's twice before that and just came in and played like they didn't want to be there in their, in their conference final. And they've had a lot of time off too. Um, the other part of that bracket, Marquette is the five seed. Florida State's the four seed. Florida State's a very up and down team. I would say Florida State could beat Gonzaga. They could. I just don't think they will. I just don't think they're quite deep enough. I just don't think they can score with Gonzaga. So I think Gonzaga gets through there. In the bottom of the bracket, Michigan. Michigan's a two seed, which is kind of weird because so is Michigan State. Michigan State beat them three times. Um, Nevada and Florida is a very interesting 7-10 game only because Nevada could have been a three or four seed. They got that much talent on offense. They just, they are very up and down themselves. Very inconsistent. Um, it's like some days they don't even show up. Florida will bring it, and Florida will try to slow that game down to a screeching halt. Absolutely. Um, and with Michigan, Michigan has a tendency to get cold from the outside. There's a lot of danger there for Michigan. 
There really, really is. Um, right above them, Texas Tech is your three seed. That's our sleeper team. Texas Tech is going to be the sleeper team out of the West. Texas Tech can do a little bit more than you think. There's a reason they're a three seed. Absolutely destroyed teams at home this year. Now they got to play in a neutral site. They'll open up in, in Tulsa. They'll have some fans there, no question about it. Very well coached team. I think, I think Texas Tech gets past Michigan, too. I really do. And they can beat Gonzaga. They can. And you know what? Just to mix it up, I'll take Texas Tech coming out of there, out of the West. See how that goes. Uh, I, because if this, this entire bracket, this is not a year, I don't think. This is not a year for a lot of craziness. I just don't think so. Um, going to the South. Virginia is your number one seed there. Nothing, nothing surprising about that. Mississippi and Oklahoma. Mississippi should get past Oklahoma. Mississippi has more talent than you think. And that's a team that none of you have probably watched this year. Mississippi could actually beat Virginia. Not saying they will, but they can. Then your 4-5 game, Kansas State and Wisconsin. There's just not a lot there. There's just nothing there that would threaten Virginia whatsoever. I think Mississippi would be more of a threat to Virginia than anybody else. On the bottom of that bracket, Purdue does not impress me. Villanova won the Big East, and they're still a six seed. That should tell you everything you know. Tennessee gets a two seed. Okay, here's where it gets a little bit interesting here. In another little cute move, again, in a 7-10 game, they make Cincinnati, who I believe won their conference tournament, right? I think they won the American tournament. They make them a seven seed. And that, that round is in Columbus. Tennessee gets past Colgate. Cincinnati gets by Iowa, who is, who is basically just backing into the tournament. I mean, they, they, have, they have shown zero signs of life in the last six weeks. Cincinnati will get past Iowa. Cincinnati, I think, gets past Tennessee, too. Because Tennessee goes through these cold spurts that are very tough for them to overcome. They shoot a lot of, they shoot a lot of 15 and 17-foot jumpers, which a lot of college teams don't do. They do. They have a tendency to get very, very cold. They got better players than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is much tougher, and they're going to be basically in a home court environment. I think, since, I think Cincinnati gets past there and will make it to the Sweet 16. But I'm, taking, I'm going to take Virginia to get through to the, to the Final Four. I know that's not, exactly, uh, you know that's not exactly complicated, but I am taking them. And then here's your Midwest. Here's UNC. Uh, they're going to face Iona in the first round, which is a local team from New York. Um, likes to run up and down. Good luck with that against Carolina. Um, Carolina will have no problem with the 8-9 game. Auburn and Kansas would be your 4-5 game. Auburn is your sleeper team out of this region. Why? Because they can absolutely bomb from three. And if they get hot from three, they can, ma- they can basically run with anybody. They, they are that good. Uh, you saw them just win the um, SEC tournament. Um, they are also very deep, too. So it's not one of these teams that just gets really streaky. And uh, you know what? They're, it's Bruce Pearl. It'll be fun. You know, they would have a matchup with Kansas, who is going the wrong direction. Let's face it. Kansas has nothing going on in defense. They just lost too many players. Kansas had a, a very, very bad year. Now, the game will be in Kansas City. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that, that's, not, that's not true. That's in Salt Lake City. That's in Salt Lake City. So now the next round will be in Kansas City if Kansas got through it, but I don't think they're going to. And I don't think Auburn, is, as dangerous as they can be, they're not going to get past Carolina. And the bottom of that bracket, Houston, Houston gets a three seed. They're probably the biggest enigma in the tournament because a lot of people haven't seen them. Are they good? Yeah. I mean, should they be a three seed? Eh, maybe. But let's face it, they're not going to get past Kentucky. Kentucky's better. I think you're getting a one-two matchup in the, in the regional final there, and I think it's Carolina. So Carolina, Virginia in one semifinal, and then Duke at Texas Tech in the other. And yeah, I think we're going to have ourselves a Carolina-Duke rematch in the final. Give me North Carolina. And by the way, Carolina's like 6-1, to one, which gives you some value. So nothing crazy there. I don't, ha- I don't have anything crazy for you. I really don't. Um, my pick was going to be Gonzaga up until that loss to St. Mary's. I just don't like how sloppy Gonzaga is. And I think Texas Tech is the type of team on defense that can take advantage of that. That's why I went that direction. So yeah, three seed, three one seeds, one three seed. I just think it's that kind of year, guys. Listen, we say this every year though, right? We'll see how Thursday and Friday play out. You could you put up to me, put Thursday and Friday, and even include Saturday and Sunday, because the way they do it now, Saturday and Sunday are noon to midnight days also. 
there's action all day long, but there's nothing really quite like that Thursday and Friday of the tournament. I mean, you could put Sunday at the Masters up there, if you, but you have to be into golf for that. But other than the Olympics, which is really not the same because there's always, you never watch stuff in the Olympics really live, and they, they sort of ladder that out where nothing, there's not so much going on at the same time. You could say the World Cup, but again, the games aren't going on simultaneously. This just is, is just a nice steady flow for basically 48 hours where games start at noon, they stagger the starts, which means they stagger the finish, and you have games wrapping up all day. It's great. It really is. It's a great time of the year. You can make a case this is the best best time of the year for sports if you wanted to because, let's face it, you got the Final Four coming up. March Madness into the Final Four. Opening day of, of Major League Baseball will come in during that time. A couple weeks later, you got the Masters, and then you got the NBA playoffs. You're right back in it. So it's, it's one of those times of the year. I would say this time of the year and also any time after Labor Day with college football, NFL, getting into the, the Major League postseason. So here we go. Uh, that is your, um, that's my tournament breakdown. That's what we got for March Madness. And that's all that we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Follow me on Twitter and SoundCloud at BCAKTheMan. And also make sure to tune in and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Close it out tonight with Mozina. Mozini. This is I'm a Hustler. I am BC The Man. See you guys next week on The Air Attack. Tell me how to whip in the pot, everything I could come back straight drop. Nigga can't tell me about who's hot. Say he did, I think she's not. Nigga can't tell me about no bitch, about no hoe, about no strength, about my team, the DME, about no bread, about no bag. Nigga can't tell me how to hit no licks. Cause if you snooze, then nigga know the rules, I'ma hit you off smooth. Play it off cool. Nigga couldn't tell me how to move. Nigga couldn't tell me about no brain. Nigga couldn't tell me about no fame. Nigga couldn't tell me about no pills. Nigga couldn't tell me about no lane. Nigga can't tell me Mozini ain't good, nigga can't say Mozini ain't hood, nigga can't say Mozini don't fit, nigga can't say Mozini can't spit, bitch a hustler, hustler, I grind on get no sleep, 24 7 on all my feet, and nigga in the streets know about me, nigga I'm a hustler, a hustler, I grind on get no sleep, 24 7 on all my feet, on the road with the strong, no room for the weak, nigga I'm a hustler, a hustler, I grind on get no sleep, 24 7 on all my feet, that's how I live, that's the code of the streets, nigga I'm a hustler. Tell me shit about the hustle. 24-7, I'll be open for the customers. I'm wide open, shit, I'm about to make a double up. Sitting in the kitchen, and he about to make a bubble up. Niggas can't tell me shit that we smile. Shooters on deck, how them niggas do the job. I can't tell you shit about sleep. Time me money, and the nigga gotta eat. DME, we about to have a feast. Need that shit that come with a fee. Ain't shit free, everything got a price. Put the right number, I take your life. Niggas can't tell me shit about the blow. Niggas can't tell me shit about a show. Bag full of dough, club full of hoes. I pack that bitch everywhere I go. Niggas can't tell me shit about me. Tell you one thing, I'm a motherfucker G. Taking two things, a motherfucker gon' eat. I take it three things, then the nigga gon' see. Niggas can't tell me shit about shit. Talk that shit, I split your shit. Cut those niggas, try to split your neck. Bitch, nigga, better off splitting this wrist. Bitch, a hustler, a hustler. I grind on dead, no sleep. 24-7 on all my feet. And nigga in the streets know about me. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on dead, no sleep. 24-7 on all my feet. On the road with the strong, no room for the weak. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on dead, no sleep. 24-7 on all my feet. That's how I live, that's the code of the streets. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on dead, no sleep. 24-7 on all my feet.
seven on more. Okay, yeah. I got pies all in my eyes. Mind all of my money, so much money on my mind. You think they had a hit out on me? I be posted up on that block. All black with that big gap. Rocks all in my mouth. I guess that's one reason I spit crack. I grind hard with a slut with me. Far as trap can't fuck with me. Prices of the boppers like my hat now. 150, keep no drugs in my domain. That's old game, Atari. Far as cocaine, my tip drew like we was having a party. Boy, that's gangways and alleys. Trap house and weed spot. Yo, tip slow. I come through and I pump it up. Reebok. I hit the kitchen, no apron on my own chef. I cook it. I pull it out and I break it down like some pepper. I push it. That's that white girl and that boy. That stick water, that lean. Them X pills, that Reggie Miller, that granddaddy, them trees. I got Jackson's all in my hands. Franklin's all in my jeans. For them dead men, my dogs mob like most in the peace. Bitch, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on, get no sleep. 24-7 on both my feet. Any nigga in the streets know about me. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on, get no sleep. 24-7 on both my feet. On the road with the strong, no room for the weak. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. I grind on, get no sleep. 24-7 on both my feet. That's how I live. That's the code of the streets. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler. Nigga, I'm a hustler, a hustler.